it's yes, there were the minority does not get to speak. Come on. This, this, this is this is life. Minority does not get to speak. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. That is not true. <laughs> okay, cool. And up here, there are varying opinions, I would say. There's about half and half. I should have I should have brought some of the poems that I've written for Katie over the years. <laughs> I think so, but I didn't, so don't worry. <laughs> um, I actually do enjoy writing poetry and writing songs. It's probably no surprise, um, but yeah, you know whether we love poetry or not, uh, po poetry is part of what God has put into His Word. And so I think that there is a way that we can come to learn to appreciate it, even if it's not maybe our first choice genre, <laughs> um, that, that we can come to learn to see, okay, why is poetry employed versus prose, um, which is basically the opposite of poetry, um, and uh, why, is, uh, why is it included here, like right in the middle of Samuel or right in the middle of Judges or something like that, like why did we... Why did we need in Exodus Moses' song of celebration in, in Exodus 19 uh, when we, it basically just rehashes all the same themes that we just saw before in, in a much more straightforward way? Um, and what, what's the point of that? Why do we need the book of the Psalms? And um, so the big idea today is learn how to relate to God through the Psalms. I, I truly believe that that is the primary purpose for Hebrew poetry, for poetry that exists in the Bible, is that it shows us how to relate to God. So we're going to talk about some guidelines or uh, maybe some things to keep in mind. It's probably a better word than guidelines in terms of Hebrew poetry on this one. Um, I, I, want, I, want to, I want to expand your the way that you approach or the way that you sit down and think about a piece of Hebrew poetry that's in the Bible. Um, so, first of all, these are spirit-inspired prayers of God's people. This is God showing us how He wants us to relate to Him. Um, so, this is this is kind of fascinating if you think about it. This is somebody like if we open up the Psalms and we hear a prayer, um, even like the one I read today, "Out of the depths I cry to You." Um, that that was truly their heart's cry to the Lord. But because it's in the Scriptures, we know that it was also inspired by the Holy Spirit. Like, that's mind-blowing to me. Like God is saying, I want you to speak to me in this way. And, and, and the result is a very heartfelt, like it's not like a puppet that, that he just moves in a, in a certain way. It's actually like a heart cry. Out of the depths I cry to you more than watchmen for the morning I wait for you. And, and so... That like if you just sit down and that was the only bullet point that you wrapped your head around when you sat down, you're like, God inspired somebody's prayer for me to understand. That that's mind blowing in and of itself. This is how God showing us how He wants us to relate to Him. Secondly, uh, read them like you're a fly on the wall of somebody's prayer closet. Like like imagine like because they're spirit inspired prayers. Think about yourself as like looking over the shoulder of a faithful, 
prayer. These are expressions of an infinitely personal God, and they teach us how to pray, sing, and worship. Um, so, so just kind of like when we're looking at the them, like that first lens, think about, like, think about yourself like a fly on the wall of a prayer closet, of somebody's prayer closet. And they're, they're crying out, they're pouring out their heart to God, they're in a specific situation, and you're getting to watch what that looks like. Uh, a lot of us, you know, would say, I, I didn't, you know, so many people would say, I didn't have a parent to watch, learn how to pray. I didn't have a parent who showed me these types of things. And uh, this can become your tutor in, in your walk with the Lord. This can become your, um, your guide and, and, and even put words in your mouth sometimes. So read them that way. Um, the Psalms are written by a variety of authors that we call psalmists. So if you ever hear me preaching and I say the psalmist, like I even said that today when I read, read, when I read 130, uh, that's because I don't know who wrote Psalm 130. Um, it, it doesn't tell us, and it could be David, but it might be someone else. A lot of people have this misunderstanding that David wrote all of the Psalms. That's not true. In fact, we have some that are attributed to people other than him. Asaph was a major Psalm writer. Um, the sons of Korah uh, were some musicians that are described in Chronicles that, that wrote some Psalms. And even then, it, sometimes it says according to David or according to the sons of Korah. They might not have even been the ones that wrote it. Uh, according to can simply mean in the tradition of. Um, and so, uh, there's a variety of psalmists, and their psalms are specific and personal to their situation. But here's what's interesting: is that they became the songbook of a whole nation. So you think of like Isaac Watts, a hymn writer, right? And uh, he writes this hymn maybe for his own specific church. He wrote a lot of his hymns for his own specific church. But then all of a sudden, the whole broader church starts picking up these hymns and they're like, yeah, that applies to our situation too. Oh yeah, that applies to our situation too. Oh, maybe if we just tweak this one word or something. And all of a sudden it becomes the songbook of the whole nation or the whole church or whatever. Uh, and so that's what's kind of happening in, in the Psalms. In fact, we can even tell that there are some edits, spirit-inspired edits <laughs> to the Psalms over a period of time. Um, and, and that's Okay, because when the Psalms were compiled, they were compiled, not written out. Like, okay, now I'm gonna, David's like, now I'm going to sit down and write Psalm 1. Oh, Asaph, can you write Psalm 2? Oh, they're, no, they were compiled and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit put together in the book of Psalms. Okay? Um, fourth bullet point. Their situations are sometimes described in italicized headers under the Psalm number. These are later editions, not considered inspired, but sometimes helpful in understanding the Psalms. Um, so answering like that where and that when and even that who sometimes is very difficult uh, when you're reading the Psalms, when we're thinking about observation stage. Um, and so sometimes those headers can be helpful, um, but we just got to remember that they're not Holy Spirit inspired. They were added at a much later time. And, uh, and so maybe they... Uh, they draw us to a different part of, you know, a different piece of scripture that maybe helps us understand that psalm in a different way. I think of Psalm 51 that, that David says, you know, David's crying out his confession, 51 or 52? 52. 52. David's crying out his confession to the Lord, and, um, and it tells us in the header that it was because of his sin with Bathsheba. Is that 51? 51. Um, don't second guess yourself. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, 
you know, that kind of helps us think about, okay, there's a specific situation here. Um, fifth bullet point, while there are poetic elements that are helpful, do not overanalyze to the point of losing the beauty and drama of the poetry. Spend time going back to appreciate the beauty once you have understood the text. This kind of goes to what Charlie was saying. Okay? Sometimes we can get so worked up over finding all the poetic elements and analyzing the poem and getting it just right and making sure we know where how it breaks down and, and like, we get, like we spend all that time and we just never get back and take, take a step back and look at, it, look at it again and say, wait a minute, this is like not meant to be overanalyzed. This was meant to actually just help us to interact with the Lord. And so that's a really important part is don't overanalyze. Now I'm not saying that the poetic elements aren't important but they only are important to the extent that they help us actually relate to God. Like, if I know the relationship between two parts of a couplet, and that's all that I get, I'm like, oh, now I know the relationship between two parts of a couplet. We haven't arrived at the goal. We were coming back to that same goal, that the goal of Bible reading is to relate to God, relate to God, relate to God. Um. Third to last bullet point. Um, The Psalms help us work our way through the complex nature of emotions, faith, and difficult circumstances. They aren't cut and dry. Um, They they start out sometimes very low and end up very high. Sometimes they're back and forth 12 times uh, because that's the complex nature of of emotions, right? That we don't, we aren't these linear people that are like, I feel this way, truth, okay, now I feel this way. <laughs> we, our, our emotions don't work that way, and the Psalms help us to work through that. Um, Hannah had said that she likes dark poetry was her word. Uh, and and that, that is something of, of the Psalms, is that they're real and honest, and they, they show the depths, but they also show the heights of hope. And they show how those two things relate. So they help us work through uh, emotions, faith, difficult circumstances. If you are... Uh, at all given the opportunity to walk with somebody through a difficult time or to provide counsel to somebody or to um, even you know, do soul care or something like that. Um, the Psalms are such an excellent place to go, especially if you're dealing with depression, uh, if you're dealing with um, trauma or stress. Uh, the Psalms are like a goldmine for that because they help us understand how to relate to God in the midst of those things. Um, second to last bullet point, the Psalms are perhaps the best experience, the Psalms are perhaps best experienced by praying along with them once you study them. So you go through the Psalm, you kind of look at what it says, do I understand what it means, but now I'm going to spend some time praying through the Psalms. So we, we do this in our gospel communities, right? We, we pray the scriptures together. And uh, I've heard from just about every gospel community that that has been a rich and beautiful experience, and I'm excited about that. And the Psalms, um, if you're tasked with finding, uh, you know, leading, leading that time, um, go to the Psalms. I mean, they're prayers. They're, they're form fit for you. Um, and, and so uh, pray through the Psalms. This has been something that in the last year has been so life-giving in my own personal walk with the Lord of, of just praying the Psalms one after another. Uh, wherever I find them, whatever they make me think of in, in terms of situations that are going on around me, um, they, they really are God's gift to us in that way.
And then finally, uh, the Psalms should be read with Jesus as the ultimate reader of them. This was something that I, I learned, I picked up from Mark Dever. Um, he's the pastor at Capitol Hill Baptist Church that, that he says, you know, Jesus is the one who lamented perfectly. Jesus is the one who gave thanks in all circumstances. Jesus is the one who, uh, what are some other types of Psalms? Uh, pray, you know, praised or, or um, uh, you know, was the, was a perfect source and, and seeker of wisdom. Um, you know, there, there's, He's the one who, who loved the law more than any other person alive. And, and so, and even sometimes we read something like in the Psalms like, um, uh, because of my righteousness, deliver me, O Lord. And you're like, David, really? Like, because of your, you're, like, you're not perfect. <laughs> because of your righteousness? And, and David had a reason why he could say that in his own context. But ultimately, Jesus is the perfect writer of, or reader of that Psalm. And it's ultimately pointing to one who could read that absolutely perfectly. Um, so, the, uh, by the way, the Psalms is the number one quoted book by Jesus in the Gospels. It's the one that he went back to the most in his ministry to quote and to draw application towards himself, which is fascinating to me. I love that fact. Um, so, what we want to do is take some of these principles and... Uh, and dig into a psalm. Uh, we're going to do Psalm 18, which is a little bit lengthy. Um, so, you know, because of my time management thing, we, we may not get it all the way through, but uh, I want us to get, get started in this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it for us all uh, because it always gets confusing when two people from two different groups are reading the same thing. Um, so, Psalm 18, I'll let you turn there. And Daniel, would you lead us in prayer before we do this, uh, before um, just, just seeking the Lord to actually work in our hearts during this time as we study his word? Amen. All right, I'm going to read it for you, and then uh, you will discuss, we'll, we'll go through each step and stage together. Um, actually, before I read it, uh, just talk through the observation thing real quick. Um, so when we're talking about who, uh, lens one, them, who, uh, who is the, is, the, is the psalmist identified in the heading? I, I specifically picked one with a heading. Uh, who is he interacting with? What type of psalm is it? Uh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot to print out the chart. Um, I can email that to you all this week. Um, but just kind of identify, maybe what, if you understand the types of psalms, maybe identify what type of it is. Uh, what, does the, what does that tell us about the purpose of the psalm? Um, where, uh, is there any kind of where suggested, you know, sometimes they talk about the temple or, uh, yeah, and that would also maybe be found in the heading. When, uh, is an event reference that indicates time, investigate what's happening in that time frame, maybe go over to, a, a another book to do that. Um, words, uh, look for the relationship between lines in the couplet slash bicolon. It depends on who you're reading and what they call it. Um, but there, it's rarely merely just repetition for repetition's sake. Uh, it's usually uh, a, a different type of relationship. So um, the second line might repeat the first line but give more detail. Um, the second line might give more of a complete version of thought than is established in the ver first. The second line simply completes the thought. So maybe it's just a sentence that continues. 
Um, the second line makes us think on a bigger or smaller scale than the first. So maybe it's establishing the, the bigness of God and then the smallness of God. Um, the second line contrasts the first. So, uh, you know, one thing and then the opposite thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually pretty easy in a uh, couplet is two lines that work together. It's pretty easy in the, in the Psalms because it would be the one that's indented underneath the other one. Um, now, generally, if the, if the line in Hebrew was too long, uh, they'll indent that further. Like if they're just doing a straight like run, up, run on of the, next, of the first line, they'll indent that further for you. Um, so you might have couplet, you might have, um, or, or bicolon, you might have tricolons. Uh, it looks like verse 2 uh, is a tricolon, three lines that work together. Um, you might have four, uh, but usually it's two or three. So, okay? All right, I'm going to read. To the choir master, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord, on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies." The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of shale entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From His temple, He heard my voice. And my cry to Him reached His ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because He was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. The thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, his clouds, thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in, his hev- in the heavens And the Most High uttered His voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out His arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at Your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of Your nostrils. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of the waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they... They were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, He rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I have not wickedly departed from my God. For all His rules were before me, and His statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. With the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. For you, have been, you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. 
For it is you who light my lamp, O Lord. I'm sorry, the Lord my God lightens my darkness. I'm going to stop there simply because you're just not going to be able to do any more than that. But, um, <laughs> and you're probably not even going to be able to deal with that much. But if I continue on, you're going to uh, seriously not be able to do it. So um, make some observations. Uh, think about the general flow of it all, too. Like what, it, you know, there's, um, he takes us on a bit of a journey through this psalm and through his experiences. And so think about that, too. Okay? Discuss. Looking at lens one, them.